When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Eyewitness reports claiming that an unidentified flying object was seen low in the skies above Black Castle have been roundly dismissed. Beep the meat. Beep the Meep, folks. Star of his own upcoming series on this very channel tonight. Can you tell us what it's called again, Beep? Yes, it's called Hall to Open. Hall to Open. Yes, and what do you do? My greatest pleasure comes from inflicting pain, and I am very pleased to see you. Meep, meep. Hello, and welcome to Pull to Open. Normally an ongoing quest to watch all of Doctor Who in random order, but today we've got something very special for you. My name is Chris Taylor. And me, me, I'm Pete Paschal. And yes, it's a very different kind of episode today. Today we are going to be talking about a legendary adventure in the Doctor Who canon. Or is it in the canon? We'll actually have probably talk about mm. that. There is what, what a story. Is Doctor Who canon? Yes. Right? <laughs> um, there is a story that we're going to hear a lot about and actually have heard a lot about for the last little while. But come November 25th, Everyone who's watching Doctor Who will be talking about it. And it is, of course, entitled The Star Beast, which right. before it was a 60th anniversary special for the show, was a comic strip in the pages of Doctor Who Weekly. That's so. right. And I this is one of those points where I can proudly say I was there. I was one of those kids reading Doctor Who Weekly when the Star Beast came along. Uh, Pete, I believe you encountered it a little bit later when it came out in a Marvel Comics this, edition. This very Marvel comic I'm holding yes, up right here. You yes, have it. you Two have parts. it. Two parts. I, I love it. And and not to just sort of uh, immediately blow you out of the water straight out of the gate, but here we have the hardback edition of the nice. complete Dave Gibbons collection of Doctor Who. Dave Gibbons, of course, if you know Watchmen, he's he's the artist on that. He's the artist on this. He's one of the reasons that the Star Beast is so well remembered. He's my favorite comic book artist of all time. And I just like, oh, look, the front cover has fallen open and there's his <laughs> oh autograph. God. From where Dude. I interviewed him in 2017 at Comic Con, nice. Uh, got him to sign this and Watchmen. He drew a raw shark in my Watchmen. It was one of the finest moments of my life. But well, yes, I can't. This... I can't top that. But I do have the Doctor <laughs> Who omnibus, which also has the Star Beast, which is worth checking out just because the colors are a little different in this from the original comic. So yeah, yeah, I've got the colorized edition too, and yeah, I remember the black and white from from back in the day. And obviously, Russell T Davies remembers them as well because he he specifically zeroed in on the the need to do a story like this that it, it slotted into his plan for the specials and it just that idea wouldn't wouldn't let go and uh 
And so here we are. Waiting here for we are. The on the verge. To appear on the screen. So, so when you guys are hearing this, it's probably we're a week out from yep. the actual Star Beast, the special, which we've seen trailers for and have a title card for, and is clearly there's there's so much homage, so much taken from the comic. There's the uh, I believe they're the Wrath Warriors or yes. Wrath. R- I don't R- even know how to pronounce it. We'll find out, I guess, <laughs> in, on uh, November twenty fifth. The Wrath. And, you know, we've, we've seen uh, Beep the Meep. We've seen Beep the Meep speak in the trailer. We've gotten a lot of background in Doctor Who magazine about um, the voice, which is yes, Mir- Miriam Margulies. Miriam Margulies, Margoyles. Yeah. I, yes. I yeah. don't know if it rhymes <laughs> with, uh, with cleans or gargoyles, but. Again, we'll find out. We'll find out in all the media. But here we are. Uh, while we're waiting for Beep the Meep, we we can actually do a review uh, of the original Star Beast. What we decided to do today, just give you yeah. that background. If you're uh, watching or listening to this before the first special airs, and if you're listening to it afterwards, don't don't click away. We've we've got some background, and we've got the what happened next, right? Because there were there were sequels, right, Pete? There were sequels. So Beep the Meep uh, famously debuted in the Star Beast, but that was not his last appearance. Should I say its last appearance? Its last appearance. The Meeps, the yeah. Meep went on to do a couple other things. So there was a Star Beast 2. There was a sequel, which was not illustrated by Dave Gibbons or um, written by Pat Mills and John Wagner, who wrote the original one. But um, it's a fun adventure where actually I, I won't uh say too much about it but at the end of it it does meep is trapped in uh a, a movie it's actually a lasting yeah. movie and but <laughs> the reason i know that because even though i i haven't uh read star beast 2 recently uh the ratings war which is a big mm. finish short from 2002 it's really short and it's actually free if you go to the big yep. finish website you could actually go ahead and download it now you don't have to spend a dime free uh, as of for, recording time yeah and uh, it's a neat little adventure with the Colin Baker doctor and Beep the Meep. And it's fun to see, hear, hear a voice uh, attached to Beep the Meep, the very first voice, not Miriam Margulies, but fun nonetheless. So and you, get to see, you get to hear Colin Baker actually announce Beep the Meep. <laughs> he actually <laughs> just it. sort of says that. It's perfect for Colin Baker's voice. I love that. I also love that that uh, the the imprisonment in the movie Lassie. So you know, coming here from Human Nature, in which uh, you know the, the the daughter of the family of blood is impl- imprisoned in a mirror or in every mirror, like right. imprisoning Beat the Meep in a movie. Like that's that's sort of that level of punishment, right? So it's kind of uh, an interesting connection there. Definitely um, on brand for the Doctor. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> yes will will that level of punishment emerge in the uh, tv special and the 60th anniversary special version of the star beast we don't know we know that the original artist and writer have been on set and they love it they've given it their stamp of approval everything at least looks great uh so while we're waiting for that we will uh, dive into the actual star beast the original it- star beast and still the best you might say <laughs> in a moment though but f- first everyone housekeeping uh which of course means i'm gonna have to tell you about pull to open.net our website where you can actually subscribe to the pull to open newsletter you can get that every week delivered to your inbox which gives you also free notes free notes full notes free and full notes of the show uh that we use to refer to when we're making the podcast uh that's fun stuff 
Plus, you can also go to patreon.com slash pull to open, become a patron of the show and support. Um, and we have yeah. some, some, some special uh, stuff coming up. Some special Speaking commentaries. Yeah, we will actually be in your ears one more time talking about Beat the Meep. Uh, maybe many more times. Who knows? Could become a ret- recurring villain if popular enough. Uh, but for the 60th, at least, we will be doing some non-random hot takes on the specials. So uh, watch out for that uh, shortly after each of the specials drops. We'll be getting those up as yeah, fast as we can. If you're listening to this right when we drop it, one week from today, we'll have some hot takes on the televised version of the Starbase. So watch for it. That's right. All right. Well, the reason we can do all this, folks, bringing this podcast to you, which is so much fun, is because of a little service we use to record it, and that is Zencaster. When we started out podcasting, we were really a lot like the doctor, really not quite sure what we were doing with all the equipment we had. But ever since we switched to Zencaster, it's been a dream. It's actually a lot like having a control chair with stilts. It's that <laughs> convenient. All you do is create your recording room in the cloud. Send the link to your guests, and Zencaster handles the rest. It records studio quality sound and video up to 4K, plus it has all the tools you need to host, create, and distribute your podcast, all in one place. Whether you have your own podcast, and I know some of you do, or you're thinking about starting one, we'd strongly encourage you to check out Zencaster. So set your browser coordinates to zencaster.com pricing and use our code IPUSH. That's I-P-U-S-H and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experiences that we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It is time to share your story. Remember, the site is zencaster.com slash pricing, and the code is IPUSH. And remember also, the URL is youtube.com slash pull to open. Yes, YouTube, an up-and-coming video service, which is where you can find us. Hi there. Hi, everyone. Hi, YouTubers. Hi, YouTubers. Good to see you. See us waving. OG title to see us waving, to see all of our Easter eggs in the background. Uh, Like the video you're watching, subscribe, hit the bell icon for new information. Uh, Check out our Toymaker plot summary. Speaking of the 60th specials, uh, we've got a whole podcast on the Celestial Toymaker that's up there. Uh, The the plot summary where I do our TLDW, our regular feature, uh, summarizing uh, the original plot of, of the original, you might say, celestial toy maker uh <laughs> is uh, it's just going nuts thousands of people watching that thing so go check it out and feel free to drop us a line wherever we are in the socials we're at tiktok at pull to open also blue sky at pull to open and twitter instagram facebook and threads at pull to open 63 and scene it is now time <laughs> to talk about the star beast everyone and we're actually going right. to do something special normally we do a little tldw where we summarize the plot in record time we don't really need to do that now because we can actually just read through the plot. That's right. We're, as, we're just, with the comics in front of us. We're just two Doctor Who fans standing in front of a bunch more Doctor Who fans reading through a Doctor Who comic and uh, and remembering all of this. And what I love, first of all, like we're going to talk about a lot of details. We're going to get into Beat the Meep and, uh, the, and Sharon, you know, the, the first companion of color, all of that. But first of all, can, can I just give a shout out to Angela Rippon? You can. Uh, Who's yes. Angela Rippon? Angela Rippon. You may not know, <laughs> uh, but she, first of all, she's the voice of the be- at the beginning of Star Beast. That's why I mentioned her. But secondly, she was an actual newsreader 
um, on the BBC. We recently went to the Day of the Daleks. The BBC used uh, their, one of their actual news reporters, something the BBC did a lot in, in various shows. They crop up comedy shows, etc. And apparently well, they the, uh, We just talked in, about that in, in Day of the Daleks. Exactly, yeah. That, that, that was, dude yeah, on that the, the plummy dude. Yep. Uh, and uh, Angela Rippon is a very recognizable Angela Rippon on page two of the Star Beast. That's who uh, that is. Okay, yes. I'm just, I, I feel like we're going to have to clip in a lot of stuff here. I'm yeah, really yeah. going to enjoy this edit, but um, I found but, yeah. that that to be we- uh, such a weird face. With uh, maybe it's just the colorization on the uh, original version. She's like green eyeshadow or something, huh. and she looked a little weird alien futury which I, I found it a little difficult to place the time on this they never explicitly say this is contemporary that it's 1980 which uh, one of the things i would say is i think they probably should have uh because you're kind sh- of should thinking about have. i think it is sort of established in either in star beast 2 or one of the later uh beat the meat mm-hmm. appearances that this was you know retroactively they established that this was uh this all took place in Black Castle in, in 1980. Yeah, it's like, okay, so different coloring for sure in the omnibus version. Yep. And it's there's it doesn't look quite as weird. Um, yeah, I might recommend the omnibus version, even though the I do there's something to be said for the big primary colors in the original, not the original, yeah, but the uh, the Marvel Comics version. The, the okay. Dave Gibbons so, approved version, I think, is the before, same as the omnibus. Before so, yeah. we get into it, I want to I want to sort of set the stage on Doctor Who comics for a little bit. So just just mm-hmm. a sort of uber comment about Doctor Who weekly comics and sort of the basically, I just want to highlight the weirdness of them. So, like, it's fair to say, you know, if Doctor Who is like sort of a crazy sci-fi fantasy with limitless possibilities, which you know I think is an apt description of it, pretty fairly accurate. I mean, that goes double for the comic strip, and. Yeah. I'd probably say triple for the early days of Doctor Who Weekly, which kind of it, it it's kind of even more bonkers than the show. And I feel like you know, Star Beast is an example of this, but there's a lot of other ones like the Iron Legion and whatever else. And I do feel like if you are a fan of the show, that's a little jarring at first. Yes. Kind of like, oh, this is a this is just like really nuts and adds a sort of a, a bit of unreality to it. And it's exacerbated a little bit, that feeling, because they didn't really have contemporary companions for a long time. Correct. They had their own comic strip companions. So you're kind of like, in your head, you're trying to wonder where this fits in in the show. And um, we're so again, used that to that now. We're so used to it now with Big Finish, but it was very unusual at the time. Yeah, I, I, I'll just say, none of this is to really to say the comic strip's bad. No. I'm just saying, if you were I looking so. for adventures exactly like the TV show... Mm. you 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 it, it would be jarring you you wouldn't you'd be kind of like oh what um but that said was, they make the most of the medium which is great and they were very well served and david gibbons talks about this quite a lot very well served by the fact that the doctor on screen at that time was tom baker who is so cartoonish himself yeah. big totally. teeth and curls Big teeth and curls. You know, Dave Gibbons like is like he was a dream to draw. And he's so iconic. The scarf. I mean, it just and he looks amazing, amazing. This sort of cemented my love for Dave Gibbons as a child. I loved a lot of the stuff he did and in two thousand AD. But the fact that he could render the Doctor almost better than he was on the screen, uh, <laughs> you know. And some of these stories were better. I got to say, the fact that they were kind of out there and had license to just try everything i mean i mm. love you mentioned the iron legion absolutely love the iron legion really yeah. still do that one of the best imaginings of a uh, a roman a galactic roman empire 
um, that's ever appeared in science fiction, which is had yeah. Also, also mental. <laughs> like I say, like these are just <laughs> the strips are just mental. They really went yeah. for it, and you got to admire it for that. Okay, so back so to the story is, is almost compared to all of that. It's almost the most. Uh, down-to-earth one quite literally it opens with a spaceship crashing right? <laughs> um, but it does and then we go straight to what you feel is almost like a new who opening and it's kind mm. of like the star beast kind of kind of set a template for new who almost yeah you uh, don't start with the doctor yeah there's this we crash spaceship with mm. sharon and her mm. friend fudge um <laughs> And fudge. yes, Fudge. Was that a who, common name in the late seventies, early eighties? Uh, it's it's a yeah. common kind of thing you could imagine as a nickname. Yeah, uh, especially if he was small and thin. There were ads for a finger of Fudge, uh, which <laughs> is, a, is a British a chocolate. A finger of Fudge is just enough. so. I've got a lot of praise for Dave Gibbons. You already said some of the stuff I wanted to say, like how great he is at, at depicting Tom Baker. The the meep is inspired, but I got to open with a tiny bit of criticism. And the main, really, the only criticism I have on him in this is that I don't think he's particularly good at drawing kids, and you don't mm. really get the sense from how he's drawn Fudge and Sharon that they're supposed to be school children, right? You kind of have yeah. to infer that from their outfits, and again, you know, they're clearly like high school age or whatever. But it's uh, it's it's a little it's a you know, kind of like when they they sort of make reference to them being school kids whatever later you're kind of like really what um, <laughs> that's really the only the only criticism I have of the art otherwise like this look at this look at this first shot of beep and beep oh my god just, right? just look at that I mean that, that is so incredible. iconic <laughs> it's so iconic it's been repeated everywhere uh, in in discussing the star beast you know anytime anyone brings it up that's the panel they show and it's right there it's, on page it's one. either that one or the one where he pulls out the gun which is the iconic yes. one where he's evil Uh-oh, so spoilers. Both, both of those but yes well <laughs> <it's>, uh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> yes if you've gotten this far uh, remaining unspoiled for the big spoiler of the star beast in the 60th anniversary special is the beep and beep is evil uh sorry that's right even though it looks like at the beginning, this is the whole thing where the the Warath are the evil ones. So there's these insectoid mm-hmm. creatures who are in a sh- strangely phallic looking spaceship. Um, it's a triple phallus is there. It's uh, <laughs> pursuing beep the meep. But there's yep. these insectoid race of sort of big eyed, big clawed aliens, which also have tongues that have multiple tentacles on them, which I yes. thought was a pretty inspired thing. So it's definitely, you know, if you summarize the whole story as basically that that is the the learning from it is like do not pay, do not judge by appearances, right? It's a mm-hmm. it's a classic thing. It's the thing we were telling kids and a lot of kids' stories in the 70s. It was, you know, very, very simple, basic meat. But yes, the Rarth are insectoid and Beep the Meep is almost impossibly Disney cute. And the, the way that Gibbons draws him, you kind of know from the start something's up. Uh, certainly mm. reading it as an adult, you're like, yeah, he's just a bit too, this is a bit too, the eyes are a bit too big. Yeah. It's, he's it's drawing just a bit too, too hard. Now, I will yeah. say the Warath, as they're depicted here in the first few parts, they seem they do seem really evil. So they kidnap the Doctor, who is just sort mm-hmm. of randomly ran, landed on their ship, and they destroy K-9. I mean, they knock his head off, so the Doctor can still repair him. And <laughs> they, capture the, they capture the Doctor, knock him out, and they do something very strange, very unusual to the doctor, which is they take them, take him to the stick bay, uh, strip him naked, and decide to implant a bomb in him, in his stomach. Yes. So the ship's <laughs> surgeon does this. 
One of my favorite lines comes from the ship's surgeon. One of my favorite lines in the whole thing. Uh, where he says, oh, you want me to operate on him? His skeleton is, is inside his body. He's revolting. <laughs> uh, and I love that. Just, you know, says a lot about Indian. Which Indian is funny because we found out later the Warath are actually genetically engineered from a bunch of different mm. other species to be sort of these warrior policemen types. Again, I, I think I think this is sort of an indication. Maybe they kind of didn't quite know where they were going with this story when mm. they first came in. I think you're right that just by the look of Beep to Meep, they had an idea to flip the... Uh, the switch on that and turn him bad. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the Rarath are pretty bad themselves early on. And they sort of operate on the doctor, turn him into a living bomb with yeah. the intention of detonating the bomb. Once he gets close to beep the meep. So that, yeah. that happens pretty soon. It's, I, I don't know how many parts are in the issue one. I think it's three. Um, this might be the end of, but the doctor eventually lands on earth Uh, you know, he comes to meet Sharon and Fudge and sees Beep the Meep. I will say, uh, before he gets to Earth, there is one more. He picks up a TV signal and it's Angela Rippon again. So. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's (laughs) She's everywhere. She's everywhere. I love it. So, yeah. We're exposed back then. He goes down to Black Castle. I don't know why they have to make up a name for a British city. Like what? If if you just make it like uh, London or Blackpool or Birmingham, uh, which is it's probably supposed to be Birmingham because they they used to talk about Birmingham, but the black stuff, which you know, coal and tar and uh, you know, it was. Um, but yeah, a weird choice. Well, but I guess they overused they overused the color black in this one because there's yes. black sun radiation. There's a black hole that comes out later. There's a lot of blackness. It's a, it's a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's foreshadowing. Who knows. Oh, and, and so K nine turns into a cat, which is just another one of the example of like how how random this. Yeah, it's uh, bonkers, the man. These are, these old early comics were totally bonkers. First of all, they have K nine in the voice of Leela saying, "I will slit your mis- I will slit your miserable right. throat from ear to ear." <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. Thank you. Good listen impression. <laughs> Not sure I could do meow in a K nine voice though. Uh, or purr, but yeah, but yeah. basically, canine remains that way for the rest of the story. Exactly, yeah, because <laughs> it's one of those things you could see even in the comics. They had to occasionally figure out a way to depower the doctor by get, taking away his muscle and then mm. make him even more the underdog. Because once once the doctor has canine, he's basically got a blaster with him all the time. Yes, um, and this happened often in the TV show as well. Um, so. Okay. So the so doctor shows the up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he shows that in classic, you know, in classic Rose style. Again, getting very new Whoish with it. He sort of saves the the new companions or the his friends for this story uh, by just sort of grabbing them in a moment of peril, uh, right? And uh, exactly. saying, you know, get, get, getting the wrath off their backs, wrath. Um, <laughs> and then he says a thing when Fudge says, "How did you know that was the right button to press uh, when a laser bolt shoots from the ship?" Uh, and and destroys the pursuing wrath. How do you know that was the right button, mate? And the doctor says, you can't really imagine Tom Baker saying this. Oh, level and starship weaponry, Gallifrey comp. Come on. Um, <laughs> now that's I could, much I could more. See that. I could see I could maybe see... him saying that up to weaponry. You oh, know what? Starship weaponry. Come on. You know uh, what? You know who I could hear saying that is Tenant. <laughs> oh, level starship weaponry, Gallifrey comp. Come on. Alonzi, 
<laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, work. so it seems like he's going—he's the right doctor for this story. I think. True, you, true. You've got to be able to, you know, empathize with the the uh, the working class kids. Which, well, by the way, well, so we, we know that that uh, the the role of Sharon in the comic is basically going to be played by Rose. Yes, who is I mean, Donna's think, daughter. Right? Well, it's all speculation yeah. at this point, and this is, you know, stuff we'll get into at the end. But yeah, presumably mm. she will be. She certainly has the same placing. Mm. as Sharon in the title card that they did for uh, the star based. Right, so that makes right. sense. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think RTD has said something about, you know, Rose goes to find her. Uh, but anyway, they, they bring the doctor and, and the meep home uh, to Fudge's mum, who I think right. is, this is where uh, Donna and her mum are going to enter in, in the, in the TV version. Uh, the doctor reveals that he's a living bomb, and then they do this cliffhangerish thing, which they've done on the show, and they did in the comic books, where they sort of they make it look like the bomb inside the doctor is going to be detonated, and then when you start right. again the next week, oh, he's actually got time to scrabble up onto the roof, grab some yeah. lead, <laughs> grab some lead, some random lead on the uh, on the roof of the house. That that was hilarious. I'm just going to get some lead, and he like it's like it's there like tin foil, and he just crumples it yeah. up over his stomach, and that blocks the signal. Okay, I guess. But it really just emphasized that, like, I mean, Doctor, the Doctor in the show so rarely did anything like this until New Who, right? I mean, he's here. Right. He is on a very working class council estate kind of house, uh, you right. know, kind of. But years before the Tylers, and, and this was also the first time in Doctor Who comics that he'd done this. Right, he, all of his previous adventures were kind of, you know, uh, with the Iron Legion, uh, you know, up in the you know the mythical realms of the galaxy. This is the first Black Castle is the first time that they'd done what New Who would eventually do over and over, which is you know default to more a more sort of a, a working class Doctor Who. Yeah, absolutely. It's smart. Um, so. He gets the lead, puts it on his stomach, and I got to stop this at this point just because it's <laughs> it's an interesting just commentary on the wrath. Where mm. okay, they're like we learn later that they're interstellar cops that are coming after uh, to arrest the Meep, but they seem perfectly content to one kill it instead of capture it and arrest it, mm-hmm. and in the process kill an innocent person, the Doctor, and presumably everybody else around him including those people. So it's a little like, I don't know if these guys are the good guys, you know, like yeah. uh, I certainly soon after this moment where he prevents the detonation, there is the reveal that the meep is evil, but uh, I don't know if we've really established that the wrath are the good guys. Uh, I feel sure. like, I feel like they, they kind of, again, this is looking at this, I'm sure it was kind of made up as it was when, as they went along to a certain extent. I mean, this is done mm-hmm. over eight issues in Doctor Who Weekly. It's over a couple of months and they probably had sketched out loosely what the story was, but as they were doing it, they just figured, oh, this will be fun. This will be interesting. This will be a good cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end, it seems like they've kind of just forgotten about that. The doctor's yeah. all chummy with the guys who just tried to kill him. But, but to go, I mean, the, the meep does turn evil in this, uh, in this particular installment. Um, And we should say we're we're on what the third, fourth installment. I think it's the fourth. I could be wrong. Uh, But the, the meep turns evil 
first, like just to the viewer, I mean, to the reader, you know, you, you suddenly just on one panel, you see his thoughts and it's like, you stupid earth creatures. It was Mm -hmm. easy for a superior intelligence to fool you. And his eyes change too. They become a little more cat-like with just slits. Mm. And he sort of talks about or thinks about how he's just this terrible, most high being who is used to being worshipped and having planets tremble before him. And then he whips out his gun uh, and zaps one of the wrath. And then he keeps sort of making excuses about it. Like, oh, I was just scared. I'm I'm a cute little meep. I will say that that once again, I feel like this was completely flagged uh, a page earlier when when the Meep's eyes are get even bigger and you see tears dripping from them. Like it's so you have to only the youngest child would read this and not realize what is being signaled uh, at that point. So, but I got to say, this is where again where I'd pause and sort of wonder how they're going to reveal this in the show. I will Mm -hmm. say this is in terms of a reveal, it's not that great. Although the panel is epic. Oh my god, the Meep Meep with the gun, perfect. But the the reveal isn't that interesting because you're just suddenly inside his head and so you're kind of given that dramatic irony and dramatic irony is fine, but mm. there really isn't a great reveal later. So when we get into the next part, um, the doctor f- finally sort of sits down with the wrath or at a diner or something and gets the full story <laughs> on the meeps and mm. how they were essentially, um, good good until a black sun drifted in their solar system whatever that is and turned them evil which is kind of a nutty explanation but whatever and so (laughs) this is that's why i'm thinking that is a perfect uh place to sub in the toy maker's antics bring uh, perhaps that could Uh, work or could establish a toy maker's power i created a black sun doctor a black sun. Now, what? What even? What even is a black sun? I mean, is it, it's not well, a black hole. We, evidently, uh, or black or hole. Black sun. light. For those Soundgarden fans, we know what a black hole sun is, don't we? Oh, that's um, true. I will. I will say. I will pause before we get there, though, uh, and just mention the fizz gig, which is a device that the Doctor builds, which again feels very new, whoish, very, very just all time doctorish and like doctor just like from spare parts bits of an iron and a flashlight and transistors and things just sort of sticking off it it's perfect it's it's great uh and it's you know i mean it doesn't download comics from the future but it's definitely (laughs) definitely a machine that goes ding he was definitely doing that kind of stuff in in the classic series i remember when pertwee did something similar in the time monster just grabbed a bunch of crap and turned into some kind of <laughs> device. Um, I love it. I love that that unites all the threads. Um, so me yeah. starts zapping people left and right. Again, he it's making excuses to Sharon and he's saying like, Oh, I'm actually just stunning them. Even then though he's killing them, but you never get a reveal. You never actually get yeah. an evil reveal where Sharon suddenly sees him unmasked and he's mm. unmasked to everyone. He just activates the black sun drive on the ship. And then suddenly everyone's kind of a zombie slave of his. So uh, I think that's what we're missing. And I hope, I hope yeah. they, that's one of the things they alter in the TV version that we get sort of some kind of unmasking scene where suddenly mm. either the viewer or the characters or both at the same time, just get like, Oh, actually, by the way, I'm evil. And they just, you know, shoot someone we care about or something like that. Right. Well, I, I will also say you may remember, Pull to Open listeners may remember that uh, we had one of our super fans uh, listen to 89 episodes of this here podcast while mm. cleaning buses. 
and made a request of the randomizer to give us more bus-related stories, and we talked about well, what that might be. Uh, there's there's definitely reason to suspect that the Star Beast is going to be one because the Doctor does actually get onto a bus. Uh, is told that the that he can't bring pets on except on a lead. Wraps his scarf around the meep's neck uh, to to <laughs> imitate a leash. I mean, it's um, uh, it's just it's it's a new newish level of sort of comedy here. Like this is almost being played too much for laughs, but you can kind of believe it, right? Did he ever like, use the scarf as a leash in the? TV series? I think this is a just genius. I think it's I don't great think when so. the doctor uses every other every other version, but perhaps not yeah. so. He's sometimes used it to trip people or whatever, but yeah, it's just really smart. Okay, so mm. everybody's zombified. The doctor isn't. Sharon tries to kill him. The meep is now triumphantly on his stilt walking thing. So this <laughs> they've he's apparently, I don't know if they built this really quickly because he's in a steel factory. Or just something he had on the ship. But he's got this thing where he can just kind of walk around on a tripod, essentially, and zap people. So the doctor trips him up with the scarf. There you go. There's the tripping with the scarf. Yep. And he is gets in the ship and manages to uh, monkey around with it a little. Monkey around with the Meep's drive. Mm-hmm. And so even though the Meep captures him, he decides uh, that he's going to use his jump drive. And or whatever it's called, this Black Sun Drive, which will, of course, destroy Black Castle and get it sucked into a black hole. I did they, mm. they always they say it's Black Castle and not the entire world. Although I don't yeah. know why the world wouldn't be sucked into the black hole too. But it's very very limited uh, effect there. Limited range. But what's <laughs> happened is that the doctor has blunted the effect of it essentially with what he did, mm. and so it's only sucked into the hole for a second it comes back out but they have to escape in the TARDIS so he gets everybody in the TARDIS everybody who is doing stuff for the meat which is like the whole uh, population of that factory and people around it and everybody's in and the meep who thinks he's just zipped off to the other side of the galaxy has not and the Wrath grab him and arrest him and there it is and and that's it. And and then uh, Sharon becomes uh, the the latest uh, companion uh, on the TARDIS. And, Not before um, she gives the meep what for. Yes, kind of declaring to the meep she hates it, and you're I horrible. Hate you. You're horrible. After the meep tries one last time to turn on the waterworks. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Sharon doesn't fall for it. So therefore, she is a worthy a worthy companion. Although Canine still talks like a cat. Um. And they, they have a they have a not particularly great way of wrapping it up. <laughs> it has to be said, with uh, Sharon sort of comparing the Doctor's life to you know the life that she knows of nosy neighbors and bills and bosses. Uh, and she says, "I couldn't imagine you with a mortgage." And he says, "I'd rather face the Black Guardian." Uh, <laughs> just just a sort of like you almost yeah. expected to like freeze frame like nineteen seventy sitcom style. Totally. You know, well, the laugh track plays. Um, 
Yeah, so that's not and great. Next issue, join the Dr. Sharon and Kana <laughs> in Devil Spawn. <laughs> in the Wild Blue Yonder. Oh, no, wait. Um, yeah, you it, could do uh, that. You did next time trailers in the comics, even though they didn't do them in the uh, the show at the time. I mean, so this good. is just, it feels so RTD-ish, doesn't it? Like, that that's kind of the top line on this. Like, I would say for you, sure, of all the showrunners we've known since New Who came out, RTD mm-hmm. is the one to adapt this. No question. The, I mean, the doctor sitting around the dining table with the, with the wrath while they're having <laughs> cake, and then the wrath kind of literally offer one of their own claws uh, to be right. to defend himself. Um, I love that the doctor using not a paper airplane but a paper starship, uh, oh, which is right. apparently something that he used to do uh, in school. A lot of references um, to what he did in Gallifrey in school. <laughs> yeah, right. And 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 that uh, that definitely, given that we've been to the Myth Makers recently, where the Doctor tries to pass off a paper airplane as uh, the heights of technology to Odysseus uh, mm. <laughs> when he's trying not to build the the Trojan horse. Um, it, it, yeah, this is evidently uh, this is in line with that Doctor, right? He thinks paper airplanes are cool and uh, height the height of technology. And one of these days, he's going to convince someone to use his paper airplane idea to do something <laughs> with it. Um, so yeah, it. it's all it's all very fun. Now I'm almost tempted at the end there because Sharon turns on the meep in such a big way. I'm I'm kind of almost tempted to find sort of meaning in the story of like is this a is this a loss of innocence story because the beep mm. is so innocent and the meep, the beep essentially represents our childhood. Uh, Sharon turns on it, you know, declares she hates it. And is she is she now a grown up because of this? It's like, no, I think that's really too much. I think this is literally like we said at the beginning. This is purely don't judge on appearances. Um, mm-hmm. It's really not much more simpler than that. It's sort of Galaxy 4 all over again. And Pretty I much. Think that's a healthy message. message. It's totally fun. And and something else to to fit it into the, the vein of uh, old who rather than new who. Uh, the Doctor basically turns the TARDIS into a taxi service. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just as he does <laughs> yeah. for the policeman in uh, Black oh, yeah, with all the people in it at the end. Yeah, 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 he, gets, yeah. he gets everyone in. He can't even get through to the controls himself. Um, so I wonder if we're going to get some version of that. That seems like a little, a little too far. Yeah. Uh, RTD sort of got had as full a TARDIS as he's ever going to get in you know Journey's End. Um, it really should the sign should really say "Pull to open." Ask about my group rates. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. (laughs) <laughs> that's right I, uh, yes he is at this moment operating a taxi service so no wonder Rory's dad got confused um, yeah, yeah. I, so, I prefer yeah. TARDIS TARDIS XL <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the black car service now TARDIS luxury TARDIS something I don't know uh, but uh, uh, personally I opt for TARDIS wait and save uh, if you if you can just wait fifteen years, uh, then you'll get a cheaper TARDIS along. So that's that's my plan. Save a bit of money. 
Cool. So it seems to me from while they're doing the Star Beast in the show that it's they're going to definitely not consider this canon, uh, which no. is to say the, the beep the meep in the show that we're about to see will be the first time the TV doctor has encountered beep mm. the meep, uh, which is going to be a bit difficult to reconcile in terms of people placing all the things in the same continuity. But I mean, we've we've had that issue before and um, certainly if you listen to last week's podcast about mm-hmm. human nature and the family of Indeed. blood, that's, a, that's another, um, another instance well, of that. I was just going to say that RTG did say something about, you know, how, why he wasn't beholden to the book of human nature, mm. uh, which, you know, which he loved, which we all like, uh, Doctor Who fans everywhere loved it. And he was one, he thought it one of the best books of all time. Like, point black, not even including Doctor Who Age. But then he also said in a Doctor Who magazine interview, you know, no more than 20,000 people have read that book. You know, right. and Doctor Who is a show for millions. Now, right, right, right. Uh, I'm sure many, maybe many more thousands have read The Star Beast, but it's still in the realm of thousands. Yeah, right? agreed. And the show is millions, and the show is a worldwide audience now. So, well, yeah. Also, the fans, you kind of like, we'll make up our own stuff, whether it's mm-hmm. memory wipes or parallel universes or whatever, people who really want all these things to be in the same universe. You can figure yeah. out a way without needing the doctor to know who Beep the Meep is in the 60th anniversary special. That's fine. Yes. Yes. So, um, so it does op- also offer opportunities. I, I want to say as one, one perhaps closing thought is is that, uh, that there is this moment where doctor the doctor experiences pain beyond its human meaning uh it does get a oh, bit dark right. when he's kind of got that crucifixion yes. thing going on yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's sort of nailed yeah. to the or wrapped around the uh the the girders yes and he's yeah. taken into a nether realm uh where light is trapped where time and space do not exist experiencing pain beyond its human meaning now we know one thing we know about the 14th doctor is he is tortured he doesn't know who he is he's not wow. having the best time of it yeah tortured uh, metaphorically as far tortured as metaphorically yeah, yeah, but i do wonder true. especially if this is all a toy maker plot like are we not going to see more uh uh of, of tenant being put through the ringer you know and perhaps mm. this this is a scene that will be drawn on and expanded perhaps in the in the anniversary specials uh, wow. because you have to you have to build right to that the second special like the, the doctor's going to go through some things at the hands of neil patrick harris yeah right? well maybe the whole thing with the black sun drive is what mm. gets the toy maker to arrive maybe they need mm. some kind of rip in reality that this thing does and there then boom you have the giggle, but first you got to go through wild blue yonder, whatever that is, mm. which has some kind of robot. Um, it's all good. Yeah. 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 So it's all speculative at this point. Um, but, uh, we should probably start getting this wrapped up and we mm. usually have our four questions to doomsday, but <laughs> because the randomizer didn't take us here, if we have questions at all, it's going to be three questions to doomsday. <laughs> And uh, I don't know if, uh, well, let's just go for them. Like, what well, if wait, we can't really rate it? So, really, yeah. two questions. Two questions. Two questions. We can rate it. But I, mean, I suppose you're right. <laughs> well, what are the questions? What, is, what if the evil plot had succeeded? Uh, then uh, the meat makes a star jump uh, and uh, Black Castle's destroyed. Right. Uh, Maybe even the Earth. 
Yes. And Beep gets away. Yeah. Uh, presumably the doctor's dead unless there's that whole thing where he gets in the TARDIS. Uh, presumably that doesn't happen. And I, I guess the Rarath are probably destroyed too. So basically yeah. Beep's, Beep wins and he plunders the galaxy and maybe even revives the Meeps as a race. And they're bad. So maybe they end up just conquering everything and going to war with the Daleks. I'd say a little, uh, a little Meep Dalek war. I'll get some popcorn for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, they they may be that we may we have not seen the Daleks with a very cute creature, and that right. strikes me as a potential Achilles heel for the Daleks that we don't know about. Like they can't they can't handle extreme cuteness. Hmm. How can you be so cute? Explain, explain. <laughs> Why do I okay. want to stroke you? <laughs> um yeah but also you know what i i have to say something else about why why i don't think like this this would ever succeed uh it's not just it's the the, the wrath has the ability to uh to uh cut the doctor down from from his pain beyond human imagining there but also like it's, it, there's so many unit staff on hand here mm. that i think that this this is why it fits in so so neatly with what we know about the 60th special that units in it kate letter with the steward is back uh unit is albeit briefly here in the plot already so it's yeah uh, deep in the bones of the star beast so they, they unit will save the day all right we got one more question and it is where okay. is the clara splinter <laughs> the comic book clara splinter that's right I think because Clara Oswald is splintered in time and she's in every single Doctor Who story and it would be fun mm. to see her yelling Doctor, Doctor in <laughs> the Star Beast. I think she was here a long time ago just ensuring that all British rooftops have a generous <laughs> amount of flimsy, bendable lead. That's right. She's stopping the campaign to uh, remove the lead from everything that broke out in the 80s and uh, just just delaying it a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow wow dark how much lead poisoning are you responsible for clara just to save the doctor uh good stuff i like it <laughs> um so i guess we're not rating this are we we're not well, i, I so, would say in comic book terms this is certainly a viscount banger i think it's it's everything you know what i mean it's all the ratings it's the mm-hmm. fixed point in time it's a bang it's a banger it's a total banger it's the star beast come on you guys yeah do you not love the star beast Thanks. Exactly. So there, if you need your rating, it's a double banger, um, folks. Or maybe, maybe it's a banger fixed point in time hybrid. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our swing down into comic book memory lane with the Star Beast, and you are consider yourself totally ready for the real TV version. Thanks for listening for this extra special episode of Pull to Open. It's a podcast. Hey, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please do. Uh, we are available on all the good podcast services. You can also follow us on social. Like we said earlier, TikTok is a great place to do it. We're at Pull to Open, but we're also Pull to Open 63 on a whole bunch of other places. We're, of course, on YouTube, youtube.com slash Pull to Open. Please subscribe. Uh, please also turn on the notifications. That's good stuff. Thanks to Martin West for his music. And we will see you next time for our hot take on the televised version of the Star Beast. I cannot wait to you lucky dogs in the future. I cannot wait. I'll join you soon. See you there. Bye-bye.